race fans, Ryan Eho here, the one and only Burt Lehman, bringing you episode 159 of the One to Go show. And of course, uh, the show, Burt, brought to you by our friends over in Watertown, South Dakota, Ron and Trevor over at Dirt Track Supply for all things racing. Get a hold of those guys at Dirt Track Supply, whether you need Hoosier tires, safety apparel, any part known to man they can get it they do fab work they do bodies they build their own car the aero chassis i don't know two people in racing that are more passionate about the sport than those two i mean there's a lot of passionate people out there but just the joy they have of being in the dirt racing world and uh, they've done a lot for a lot of people so give give those guys a call on uh, dirt track supply in watertown south dakota bert racing is back it's officially back. I know we had the Tulsa shootout, nothing against that last week or whatever, but we got the Chili Bowl and we got the Wild West shootout down in Avado, New Mexico underway. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited. And, and I got a little bit more going on here. I mean, I, I still have a little bit of a season of one more game anyway. So I bet you're thankful that there's racing going on. Uh, yeah, well, you better have more than one game. Uh the Vikings should beat the Giants. If you don't beat the Giants, then then you're in trouble. <laughs> but a lot of injuries. They're playing a, a back a lot of backups on that offensive line. And I think Kirk Cousins be hopefully the lead. Hopefully he leaves with his life. They should win, but I think uh, we're more interested in racing this time of year anyway. But uh, before we get into kind of I guess the synopsis of this last week and a look ahead. Let's take a little blast of the past brought to you by Impact Health Sharing. So self-employed people, business owners, farmers, truckers, I mean, anybody out there that's paying for their own health care, or if you have employees and you're paying for theirs, if you feel like you're paying too much, I mean, I tell you, give me a call, give me a text. I'd be happy to give you a quote. Just sign up a business today with multiple employees. Um, average for a family, about 600, uh, roughly $600 a month. 2500 family deductible and on top of that single people you're looking at 2 250 somewhere in that neighborhood any doctor so if you're spending too much on healthcare so you don't have as much for your racing fix i might have a solution for you get a hold of me so episode 159 bert i don't have a 159 do you i do not have a 159 I gotta say, I think we might start with a donkey award. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, one of our fans of the show called the out on our face. I don't know if you saw the post uh, in the comments there on the Facebook page. He's like, uh, I think donkey award in order. I'm not gonna say who did it. Not, I'm just gonna <laughs> fan. I'm just gonna say, all right. But last week was 158, and I know it wasn't. I mean technically the past because it was this past season right but nick anvilink ran a mod had a 158 on it right well yeah but uh like i told you off air earlier in the week that uh this is blast from the past not blast from the second half of last season only a few weeks that they raced that he raced it <laughs> all right i thought maybe but, you had nick but in all honesty, I, I didn't even think of it. So I guess give me a donkey award. That's fine. And first, he's a C student, C student that you don't even remember that he is. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. <laughs> and Blink, that is Bert Lehman, B E R T L E H M E N. Get a hold of him for all the hate mail. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so who do you got for uh, number 59, Bert? Any 59s? 
I do not have any 59s that I can think of. I had to dig deep. I had to dig deep, but I found three. Uh, first one, we're going to go way back. I don't remember this gentleman racing, but the Frand family up in, in northern Minnesota, Hipping, Proctor, Superior, Grand Rapids, everybody knows that name, right? Of course, Freddie Fran, legendary, the voice of the Hibbing Raceway. I mean, he was unbelievable behind the mic. And his brother, Carl Fran, actually drove a number 59. And I believe, I'm not sure, somebody can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, Dean Hakala owned that car. And uh, it was a red 59, got a photo of it here with some of the crew. But Carl Fran actually was one of the very first Wasota board members. So huge and huge in dirt racing and then KC Fran race. So the Fran family, um, especially up in Hibbing, Grand Rapids in that area. Another one, modified guy down from uh, the old Trioval Speedway days. And Mississippi Thunder Speedway now, but the Trioval Speedway days, Bob Salmon, uh, <coughs> he ran a number 59. And I know he threw a wing on it every once in a while, went up to Cedar Lake as well. But Bob Salmon made a lot of laps over at the old Trioval. Um, I think he ran Deer Creek, probably Cass in southern Minnesota, in that ne neck of the woods, kind of that, I guess, far western region of Wisconsin. Do you remember on Jerry Radetzky's car, um, Hard Chrome was one of the sponsors yeah. for a number? Hard Chrome Dick, Dick Walters, he ran number 59 in an A mod, and I believe he ran in a B mod. I could be wrong there. I know it was a modified, for sure, a B mod. And uh, he made a lot of laps. And I remember him racing for a long time, obviously sponsored a lot of stuff, but made a lot of cars look really cool. Remember the old, uh, the old modifieds used to have the rub rails along the side and on the quarter panel. I think they need to bring them back, right? You might have a little rivalry this year with like the TPO and 45J Johnny Broking, right? Battling back and forth. And those two really don't like each other. Maybe they need to get Nerf bars, the bars on the quarter panels. And hard chrome would be the place to get them chrome to make them look cool. I think that was like 20 visual horsepower, something like that. So Dick Walters, uh, a name that we all remember in Wasota country. So that brings us back there. Number 59, number 60 next week. I know I have a couple of those, but, uh, you know, speaking of history, the Packers season, it's history. Okay. <laughs> If you're a football fan, I know playoffs are coming up. If you want to watch some Packers games, I think the History Channel. I mean, you Packer fans, Bert, I love you. I love you, right? But y'all like to talk about, wow, we got how many rings. The Vikings have zero. You can watch replays over the next few weeks of former Packer games to try to get, you know, feeling in that playoff realm. Um, the sadistic side of me, Bert, I got to admit, I, I watched that game. And I was kind of cheering for the Packers a little bit. Because I figured if the Vikings beat the Giants, right, and the, the Packers win, I felt like the Packers had a legit shot to maybe go into San Fran, win down there. And if that happened, the Vikings would host a second playoff game at home. And I'm like, that could work out really good. They dropped the ball. So I did watch the post game. Oh, I, I, I just wanted to make one comment. I mean, you know, I am a Packer fan. I'm not, I'm not the type of Packer fan where if they lose my next week is just horrible because I'm all depressed to me. I mean, I enjoy watching it. Obviously I, I prefer to see them win, but I mean, the way they played Sunday night and most of the season, they didn't deserve to go to the playoffs. So yeah, 
at the end of the at the end of the day, right? I mean, that was kind of a playoff game. Once the playoffs start, every team loses a playoff game except one. So if you don't win the Super Bowl, it don't matter. And I'm pretty sure my Vikings probably not going to make that happen. So, but I did watch the post game because I'm like, I. This might be Aaron Rodgers last year. I kind of want to see what he had to say. Mildly entertaining. You know, he actually, it's kind of fun to listen to once in a while. But he said something in their birth that really, I guess it resonated with me. Something we talked about in the past. And, you know, they're, they're really trying to dig in. Hey, are you going to play anymore? Are you done? Are you done? That type of deal. And he's like, I'm always going to have that competitive spirit, right? I'm always going to have that. That fire is always going to be there. Maybe I'll find something after football to pour into, right? But once he leaves football, he kind of, in a paraphrasing in layman's terms, he said, I don't know if I'll ever find anything that fills that void that's going to be there when I leave the NFL. Well, let's relate that to race, right? We look at that Votto down there. We got Billy Moyer. Billy Moyer's at Vado, right? Vado, Votto. Is that yeah. Vado? Or- I think it. I don't know. I think I've heard it both ways. Uh, it depends which person on the mic down there is talking. Some say Vado, some say Vado, potato, potato. I don't really know. Right? Oh. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Billy Meyer, who's retired like 80 times already. And... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I mean, in, there's people talking smack. Oh, he needs to just give it up. He ain't got it anymore. Well, the guys on the Mount Rushmore of dirt late model racing, let's relax just a little bit. Okay. He's, he's the GOAT, okay? So let's start right there, okay? But if you think about it, I think he's still racing because he really hasn't found something to fill that void, right? You look at you look at Red Farmer. What is he, 83? I th- or is he 89? Is that what he is, 89, something like that? Yeah, he, he's in his 80s. I know that. Did you see who won one of the heat races down at uh, the Wild West shootout? No. Sherman Barnett, Barnett Harley Davidson. Okay, big one of the biggest Harley dealership in the country. He sponsors everything down there. I looked on my race pass, and according to my race pass, everybody, a lot of people have their date, you know, their um, years of age on there. They're how old they are. Eighty-seven years old. Eighty-seven, and he won a heat at the wild west shootout that's cool right that's just cool that's just uh, first of all i hope i live that long i keep acting up brenda's gonna make sure i don't right i'm surprised my parents didn't kill me a long time ago but 87 years old still getting after it i'm just gonna say dad what the hell let's get you a car you can't back in there you have a little uh little last hurrah behind the wheel but let's you know think about this right i mean we all, we, there's people all the time. I mean, you got people in your area. We got people in our area that have been racing forever and they, they enjoy it. They're still having fun. Maybe they're not quite as competitive as before, but you take a good look at somebody like Red Farmer, right? Sherman Barnett. If they quit racing, do you think they'd last much longer? I mean, it's kind of something that gives them purpose, right? You know, so that kind of worries me. People, how many times have you heard people retire and like within two years they die, right? Well, going to work kind of gives them purpose. So all you race fans, me included, that are kind of talking smack about people that maybe stay longer than they should, watch your own bother a little bit, right? Because, I mean, it's their life. If they're enjoying themselves, having a good time, you know, what are we going to do when a lot of these old dogs quit, Bert? There's a lot more old old dogs racing than there is new blood in the sport. I think we got to have a mix of both, but 
it kind of resonated. That's a, that's, that's definitely a concern of mine. I've never filled the void. Once I quit racing bird, I'll be honest, I have, and I didn't do it at the level of Billy Moyer by any stretch of the imagination, but I have not filled the void in any way, shape or form. You're, you're telling me that the one to go show is not filling the void for you. Well, I mean, if you weren't on there, <laughs> if you weren't on there, then I'd probably quit. So being, being around you and talking racing, it certainly helps. It really does. I mean, <laughs> just being part of this show and just coming on here, talking smack once in a while and, you know, just kind of staying connected to racing. It definitely helps, but it's not the same. I mean, racing is that thing that just drove me. I mean, I, all I did is I put myself in everything I did was to try to put myself in a better position to win. And once that went away, it's like, I don't even know what to do with my time half the time anymore. You know, it's, it's uh, so I get, it. I get why a lot of these, these people don't quit. And I, I get why, you know, Tom Brady and all that, you know, I get why he's still playing football. He's still, he's still Tom Brady, probably going to beat the Cowboys this weekend. But I, I found that interesting that it's something that he mentioned and it just resonated to racing for me. So let's come back into what we got going on now. Right. Let's start with this. The top stories of the week brought to you by Brad Parson. Um, Brad's got, I mean, let's face it, Bert in racing, right? You got to have the right chemicals. There's rules in the rule book about putting wrong chemicals on tires, wrong chemicals in your fuel. So clearly, would you agree that having the right chemicals with the right application is going to give you better results? Would you agree? I would agree with that. It is not illegal. If you're a farmer, Western Minnesota, the Dakotas, right, over in that area, it is not illegal to call Brad Parson, okay? 320-219-3542. Let me repeat that. 320-219-3542. Get a hold of them for the right chemicals to put in your spray packages so you can get better results in 2023 with all your farming and uh you'll be glad you did and he's a racer so why not support somebody in the racer racing community as well so number one story of the week Bert. let's let's go late model racing i mean what would you say the number one story is from this past week the first two nights down at the wild west shootout i mean obviously uh the performance that superman is putting on down there uh he is just uh picking up right where he left off at the end of last year. Um, so, um, I got zero points. Um, and, <laughs> and that's because I didn't pick Superman. We got Curtis coming in brand new, brand new guy in our, in our pickups here. We had a few people and he's given us an ass whooping. I think he got eight points out of it. He's like got a huge lead after the first race. Beginner's luck, and you better get a lead on Burt Lehman. You want to win, you better get a lead. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm hunting for you. But yeah, Jonathan Davenport. I mean, Burt, unbelievable. I mean, he he just uh end the season like he did, and then come with back to back wins. And this might be one of the best fields we've seen of late models in a while at the Wild West Shootout. I mean, there's some quality race cars down there, and, and he's the cream of the crop. Now, night one, right? Bobby Pierce. And so let's face it, Bobby Pierce, Brandon Shepard, both in Longhorns. Okay. Pierce led the lion's share of the race, but I, I actually think Pierce would have won without that caution that came out later in the race. He did. And that's the mental game, right? Because Jonathan Davenport drives by him and Bobby Pierce 
goes off the deep end doing Bobby Pierce things and spins out. Bobby Pierce don't spin out with a half a straightaway lead. I, I don't think. I mean, I think that race was well in hand, but the pressure got to him. I mean, when you have right now the number one driver in the country in late models, like breathing on your neck and passing you, it rattles everybody. And uh, But I think Pierce and Shepard are both going to win some races. Well, and, you know, watching the, the feature of that first night, uh, when that caution came out and the cars lined up, I don't know if you caught this, but the, um, the announcers made the point is why is, why is Davenport taking the outside? Uh, because he was running second. I mean, he had choice of inside or outside, and they were surprised that he took the outside. And uh, then they said, well, maybe he's going to do this, 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 and that's exactly what he did. He took the lead. And then it was, I think it was a lap or two later, Pierce spun out. and Yeah, because Sheppy looked like he was in a good time, too. I think he kind of got to him, and I think he might have got by him. Night two was a better race for the late models, in my opinion. I mean, night number one, was it was okay, but they had more water on the track night two. And uh, Davenport was still the class of the field. I think maybe he, you know, went, he was so much smoother. But Kyle Larson's got, he found some speed. He had a little something for him. Pierce got in the mix. I think maybe Larson might steal one from him. Yeah, uh, Larson definitely, uh, I mean, they're watching that race. They were throwing sliders on each other. And um, and uh, Larson's got something figured out there. And so I, I, I think I picked him to win uh, one race down there this coming week. Hopefully it's a night you didn't. I'm just saying <laughs> that that's for all the guys in our pickums contest. You know, another story right from this past weekend and, and we'll get a little bit more, we'll do a little deeper dive, I guess, into the wild west shootout night one and night two. But let me ask you this. Okay. So I'm looking at longhorns, right. And I'm looking at rockets. Okay. Then I get it. There's capitals. Ricky's got a, Ricky's running good, right. He's got, you know, his car, the sniper, um, you got some capitals, you have some black diamonds, but quite honestly, over the last several years, the, the two main chassis builders in dirt late model racing have been Longhorn and Rocket. It's just, they're, they're up here and capitals are fast, right? They're, some of them other cars are fast, but they got the lion's share of the market, so to speak. Now, when they were going through the lineups and they're saying chassis builders, like, I'm like, is the only rocket here turbo? I think there's a couple of regional guys maybe that were not top tier, kind of some of the guys in the back. I think there's a couple of them guys that had rockets, but as out of the, all the top guys, the only rocket there was turbo and he looked like a fish out of water. He was not competitive. He did not. <laughs> so looking at that bird, I kind of made a list. Me and my buddy Dan made a list here and we're kind of going through it, trying to just think off our head. Now, Rocket and Longhorn. Now, remember, this year you had um, Bishop and Peterson. It sounds like Jimmy Owens all jumping mm -hmm. over Longhorn. Okay. In the Rocket right now, your top guys, in my opinion, I'll name a handful here Turbo, Madden. Would, I would say Madden is the top. He's, he's the best guy. And then you have Huddy, Huddy jumping into Rocket One, right? And then you got the Briggs team, Briggs, Max Blair. B1 Bomber, Gustin, Dennis Herb Jr., the, the reigning World of Outlaw champion. And then on more of a regional level, Josh Rice and uh, Greg Saturday. That's kind of your 
in my opinion, your top tier rockets. Listen to the Longhorns. Davenport, Brandon Overton, T-Mac, Bishop, Pierce, Owens, Moran, Simpsons, Marlar, RTJ, both of the Scott brothers, Earl Pearson Jr., Bab, Kyle Bronson, Kyle Larson, Tanner English, and I think Shirley's in the Longhorn, but I'm not sure if he's bouncing back and forth. Bert, it's not even close. I mean, it's not that there's not a few good guys in a rocket, but here's where the question comes in. Is the success or lack thereof of what Hudson O'Neill does in the rocket one, is that going to be life or death for rocket on a national late model level? I mean, I don't know if it's going to be life or death. I mean, it's definitely going to have an impact because... I mean, Rocket One is the house car. So um, if the house car isn't doing good, uh, obviously, you know, other drivers are going to take notice of that. Um, I mean, the surprising thing is, and, this, you know, I, I'm not sure why he did it, um, but it's kind of telling that, um, you know, Brandon Shepard goes out on his own and he's driven the rocket house car for how many years and he doesn't go with rocket when he goes out on his own so to me that that that's a telling tale right there that um something either you know shepherd thinks that uh, rocket's behind on technology or you know he's seeing other drivers and longhorns that are just you know um doing really well and you know he wants to uh you know after maybe after being in rocket for so long he wants to give something else a try and uh so but i mean that was a telling thing to me was when brandon shepherd didn't even go with the rocket when he ventured out on his own you know i think steve Arpin has something to do with that i really do because he <laughs> runs the horn down there he's kind of the main jammer in the you know he's kind of the main guy in the office and Arpin is, he's got the ultimate charisma. He's well-connected. He's buddies with, he's never met a person that he's not friends with. I mean, he can strike up a conversation with anybody. I think if you look at just personalities wise, I don't know Mark Richards, but you hear, you know, he's kind of brash. He's not real personable. Sometimes he's smart, successful, but he's just not that he's not that guy. Steve Arpin's got that charisma, right? It got him a ride in NASCAR. He's talented, but he got a ride more because of his off the track stuff, right? And I think putting him in that position at Longhorn is genius because I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt, if Madden and Turbo struggle at speed weeks, will they have Longhorns before midseason? Um. Definitely a possibility uh, because drivers tend to uh, uh, get some, you know, a lot of drivers will have a backup car that is a different chassis because they want to uh, see how it feels or, you know, just for something different. I mean, I think Bab had three different chassis at one point in the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, as far as chassis go, I mean, if you look back over, you know, the last 20, 30 years, I mean, a chassis will have a good run and then they kind of just fade away. I mean, Ray, Ray Burns were 
popular and not not anymore. Masters builds. I mean, it used to be everybody had a masters build. I mean, there are still master builds out there, but um, I mean, they're no, you know, not even close to what it was back in the nineties. So the fact that Mark Richards though was so involved with racing, you just you just don't envision that that's going to happen to Rocket, but. And they got enough cars on probably regional type stuff or whatever, but man, they're, they're fading. They're fading and they're fading. And Longhorn is on the rise. It's going to be super interesting um, to see what happens there. Speaking of chassis, Bert, um, let's jump over to modifieds down at the wild West. So, you know, we'll talk about one of our local guys, you know, a Wasoda, a guy that I consider a Wasoda guy ran USMPS. Dan Ebert brought out his new Mullins chassis. So Tanner Mullins building cars. He's really good in the USMTS realm. He looks strong. He looks strong. He kind of had some issues in practice, he said, but he got a first and a third, night one. Night number two, he got second in the B and went from 19th to fourth in the feature. Okay, already, in my opinion, looks better with this car than he did with his lethal. Now, let's face it, lethal's a good good chassis. It just is. I mean, Johnny broke fast with his, and Sabraski, even though we jump ship, he's fast. Lethal's a good car, but Ebert, for whatever reason, he was super fast, and then he it looks like he got a little slower. Now, I don't know, maybe it's the technology side, maybe, maybe Stremi and them are missing a little something. Um that some of these other cars in the USMTS have. I'm not sure. Dan's a bit of an overthinker too. Super smart guy, but he's kind of that, he's that mad scientist. If you ever watch any of his interviews, you can tell his brain's just constantly working. And sometimes you can be your own worst enemy, right? When, when you do that, because you got something that's working and you're like, oh, I want to try to make it better. I want to try to tweak it. Next thing you know, you're you're slower than you were and you have a hard time getting back to where you were. If he doesn't do that to himself, Bert, look out. I, I, I'm telling you what, that 60 car looked really good. And I think he's going to win some races this year. Talk about, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Just a little bit here. Yeah. So, I mean, he's definitely got off to a, to a good start this year. And I mean, you want to talk about uh, chassis. I mean, in modifieds, it seems like everybody's building their own chassis and, they just there. jump back and forth to different, different, you know, one will be really good one year and the next year, you know, everybody's jumping to a different one. They, they are. And it's crazy. I mean, if, if you look at the Wasota region, right, I know we got a lot of IMCA and USRA and UMP. There's, there's all kinds of them. But if you look at, at the whole mix, if you look at all of them, I could not tell you that, hey, that one chassis is the chassis, right? Whether it's lethal elite mb rage ssr j mcdonald it don't matter they're all fast and there's more than that out there but there's no i i can't pinpoint a dominant modified chassis where everybody and their brothers going we got to have one of those there was a day when shaw was that guy right when when shaw was just dominant everybody wanted a shaw but now there's a huge huge mix in the modified world interesting it's it's very interesting to me and i think it's going to be fun to watch now speaking of northern guys bert i think we had the least amount of northern guys down there um five late models five late models dustin Sorensen, jake tim don shaw jason strand and ricky weiss 
Um, only three mods, Dan Ebert, Dustin Strand, Joe Thomas. That's it. Um, then you look at the X mods, we had eight and uh, two of them from Minnesota, six of them from North Dakota and not the results. I, I, I think I'm going to be way off on my numbers as far as like I'm on a feature wins um, by Northern guys. Yeah. I don't think that one's going to work out very good for me, but I'll just talk about a few people. I want to give a few people some love because we did have some drivers that had a little bit of success down there. So let's give them a little bit of love. You know, the redheaded rebel, Scott Vance, you know, has done a lot of race, lot for racing was a sponsor of the, the power ranking show that we did. Night number one was really strong. Night two, not as good, but night number one, he won his heat, did get fifth in the feature. So nice top five there for the redheaded rebel, Eric Hoagland, a North Dakota driver. He got a heat win on night number one feature. Not so good. Um, we talked about Ebert. Ebert's running strong down there. He looks pretty darn good. Joe Thomas, Bert, uh, he got a pair of thirds in heats, and he did win a B-main for Hot Carl. He got the B-main win and uh, got a ninth and a tenth. So respectable. A couple top tens down there for Joe Thomas. It's going to be a breakout year for him, Bert. I think he's going to have a up north. We'll talk more about him as we get closer to the Wasota season. Uh, Ricky Weiss. Ricky Weiss, Bert, a third and a fifth. That's pretty solid. You know, when, when you're talking like Longhorn dominance, Ricky Weiss looked pretty darn good down there both nights. And stay tuned. Heard a little birdie, a little bit of a rumor. There might be a little trouble brewing there in paradise for the seven team. More details probably going to come out in the coming weeks, but just stay tuned on that one. Don Shaw down there, who he, he runs a lot down there anyway. He's putting on his own show here um, at uh, Central Arizona Speedway in a couple weeks over in Casa Grande. But, uh, I don't know if you watched his heat race on night two, Bert. He got fourth, made the show, struggled in the features. What a save. I think it was Johnny Scott or Stormy got into him, and he he was dead sideways coming off a of four. I, I mean, I thought he was going to yard sail it into the fence. Unbelievable save by Don Shaw to keep the 42 out of the wall. So, And he stayed in the gas, still made the feature, still qualified in out of the heat. Um, Jake Tim down there, good to see him in the late model. Uh, made both shows kind of run 14th, 15th, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, Dustin Sorensen, Bert, uh, of debuting, right? Uh, the, he's driving the MB house car, the familiar 28. And he did get a B main win. Um, I don't think he finished night one. I think he got 13th in the feature night two plus eight. So he did move up and Nate Ranky got a night two. He got a heat win in the top five, a B-Mod guy from up in North Dakota. So good to see that. Lucas Rodin, former national, former national champion, struggle bus. Um, Dustin Strand, who Dustin Strand has won a lot of races down there uh, over the years at the Wild West shootout. He made it all the way to turn one on the first night and just destroyed stuff. And, and uh, he did get 12th the second night, but he, not off to a really good start in that 71. So um, a little bit of love for some of the Northern guys. Hopefully uh, this week can be better. Hopefully we can get at least one of them in victory lane would be nice. And got a few, I, sounds like there's a couple more, maybe going to be down there this week that weren't down there this past weekend. So any, anything else that go to you from over at the Wild West shootout, Bert? Um. No, I mean, we pretty much covered the, the main stuff going on there. I mean, I agree with you that there's a very strong field of late models down there. And, uh, 
you know, it's interesting, you know, Brandon Shepard, you know, he's on his own now, new chassis. I, you know, I think he finished what third, the first night and they talked to him and he said he was just tickled to death that he did that well the first night out in that, in that cars. So uh, you don't always have to win to be tickled to death. <laughs> you know, he doesn't look like he missed a beat. He really does. It. He's close. And Pierce looks like Pierce, right? He's on yeah. the pump. They look like they literally just were driving in last year's cars. They look good, and it'll be interesting. Now, from what I understand, a lot of the guys are on the Bilstein package, which I think gets help from Rumley. I think that Bishop is still on Integra, so I don't know. I don't know how the Rumley deal works down there. I don't know if he's helping all the Longhorn drivers, or if it's the Longhorn drivers that are on Bilsteins that he's working with. I'm not really sure, but. Sounds like a lot of people mentioning Rumley. So, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's a good interesting because remember last year when Strickler went to Longhorns, he blamed the fact that he wasn't racing the same types of shocks as the rest of the Longhorn drivers as to why he struggled in the Longhorn. That could be. Now, Bishop, I think, is more of a hands-on guy, right? I think he's 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 more involved with that stuff, so I think he'll be just fine. But it, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on as, as things progress. So let's uh, let's head to some open wheel stuff. You sack midgets over at the Chili Bowl. Bert, I, I got to be honest, I wasn't even going to watch it. I, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch the Wild West. I got other stuff going on. It's playoff football time. I'm just, I'm not, that would have been a mistake because both features have, were phenomenal. I mean, how do you not watch the Chili Bowl? It was incredible. Just a quick little, you know, the winners, night number one. 20-year-old Cannon McIntosh parked in Victory Lane. Night number two, 19-year-old Hank Davis held off Spencer Baston. Hank Davis last year, Burt, won 15 features. And 19 years old, this kid's going to be a stud as well. With that said, a little bit of drama there on night number two. Uh, what'd you see? Well, there's uh, three cars got together, brought out the caution. And then the, it was up near the wall and the leader uh, tried to do the Spider-Man act and climb the wall to get by them because he had committed. Um, I'm not quite, I mean, I had to go back and rewatch it because, and count. I mean, those cars were at a complete stop for at least three seconds before the leader got there. I mean, granted, you're going at high speeds, it's a small track, so, um, but I just, I guess I would have thought that, the, you know, if, if they're there for three seconds, they would have had enough, he would have had enough time to do something to avoid it. Let's take a little deeper dive here. So Buddy Coy, they call him Michael Colfoyd, but it's, I go by, I think he's always went by Buddy Colfoyd, but maybe he wants to go by Michael now. I'm not really sure. 71W. So 71, I was a fan immediately, right? So he's leading the race and had a, you know, a few car length lead. It's a bull ring, right? So they're getting after it. And three seconds, I feel like is darn near a straightaway. And it was, a, you know, because that's a little tight deal. And those guys wrecked, they're up against the fence. And like, it stopped. The race has stopped. It's a yellow. First thing that comes to my mind is they have these things called race receivers. They all have them. They had, and, and I didn't have one on, don't know for sure, but they had to have said yellow, yellow, yellow. They had to, right? So why didn't he slow down? 
Number two, he goes up to the top. The whole bottom half, two-thirds of the track was wide open, and he opts to go up to the wall. That car's up against the wall. He tries to drive, literally, he tried to go vertical. On the fence. Yeah, <laughs> off the fence, and he clipped the car with his left front towards left front off. Now, I don't know what the rules are in USAC, how that applies. If if the yellow's out, right, and it's already an incident, the lappers are coming, the leaders are coming around, and it's already stopped, and they aren't actually in that incident. If he would have just stopped for that, would that would it, would he have fell victim to the no fault caution and been relegated to the back of the pack? I think so, but I'm not positive. Maybe maybe that played into the fact why he just gassed on. He's like, I can't stop, I can't stop, right? But I mean, Donkey Awards got to go to him for that. I mean, you literally you you cost yourself a win on the prelim because he would have won the race. He was he was bolted, and that would have put him. He would have been in the A main on Saturday. Now he's got to go through the alphabet soup, probably be in a C, maybe a D, something like that, you know, because he did make the show. So he'll be in one of the one of the higher up ones. But man, what a bummer. I mean, that was a that was a tough deal. But that that Hank Davis, when he got out of the car, <laughs> I'm like, the Tyler Carpenter? Kind of looked like him, right? <laughs> kind of had that same look. I'm like, you know, I think he probably talked a little bit better or whatever, but um, I guess another Tyler Carpenter lookalike getting it done at the Dome, but the racing, phenomenal. I mean, I don't know what the flip phones do. I, I think they're, if you have to look at the website to keep track, but the racing has been really good down there. You know, and what else stuck out to you at the Chili Bowl from the first couple nights here? Well, I mean, after Hank Davis won, you know, he came to a stop on the track and then everybody runs out there. So I'm thinking to myself, what kind of a post-race inspection do they have to go through? I mean, you know, should all these spectators be jumping on his car? <laughs> so I don't know what kind of inspection they, they go post-race inspection they go to, but yeah, I mean, it was a cool story. And, um, but, uh, yeah, also in that race, um, the third place finishing driver was a 16 year old female Jade Avedison. Um, they interviewed her after the, I watched the interview with her and, uh, yeah, she's 16 years old and she's the highest finishing female in a preliminary night feature at the Chili Bowl. So yeah, that that's kind of cool to see. And I know there, there's at least one other and then probably more female drivers participating in the Chili Bowl prelims. Uh, yeah, Kaylee Bryson got sixth in that. She was up and battling for the top three and kind of got punted a little bit. But that gal you're talking about, you know, with that third place finish, I think that's going to put her on the front row of a B of the B main through the alphabet soup. So a legitimate shot to get into the big show on Saturday. This, of course, on flow racing. I mean, both of these are. And quite honestly, I mean, if, if you haven't experienced the chili bowl and watched it, I mean, Bert, have you have you did you take a deep dive and really look at some of the entrants in this race? Um, I. I did a very quick glance at the entrance when I was trying to determine who I should pick for to win the race. And uh, the thing that, that caught me was if you're not a midget racing fan, um, little, little car, little car, <laughs> you may not uh, know who these drivers are. You know, there's no Christopher Bell or Kyle Larson. Uh, in the field I mean Alex Bowman he's a NASCAR driver but uh, I guess I don't consider him to be 
you know, one of the top drivers in that division. So, uh, you know, it's kind of cool, you know, that you don't have one of those superstars there where, to, so now the light can shine on these drivers who put in all, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears. Well, listen to this list. Okay. Listen to this list. So you mentioned a NASCAR guy, right? Alec Bowman, Chase Briscoe also there. Okay. A couple NASCAR guys. Now, a couple of our, our USAC studs, right? I, I call them studs in the USAC. Tanner Thorson, who won it last year. Brady Bacon. Timez. Thomas Meserol, um, Buddy Colfoyd, who should have won the prelim tonight, too. Then you look, you know, Ryan Timms. We talked about him last year. Remember, he had to wait till later in the year to run the World of Outlaws because he wasn't old enough. That kid's, that kid's a phenom. He was battling up there, and he kind of faded at the end of the uh, feature. Um. The thrill from Nemoresville, Nick Hoffman is there, T-Mac, RTJ, of course, Rico Abreu is there. He runs really well at it. Sammy Swindell, I think the Swindell family is the all-time leaders for Chili Bowl wins. Jacob Allen, who had a big year last year in the World of Outlaws. He ran well. Kyle Hammer, a late entrant, um, took part of the year off. They had a little squabble in the family there and they up in the side. Let's go buy a midget, go to the Chili Bowl just in the last few weeks. Um, Jory Hughes, you don't know who that is? He's a, he races up north. He races like in uh, the UMS stuff, like in Hibbing and Grand Rapids, stuff like that. One of our, one of our guys, one of our northern guys, good old Jory, JJ Yaley, um, Kyle Steffens, the Warlock, a really good UMP mod driver, Parker Price Miller. Mad Max McLaughlin is there, right, from the Big Block Modified Series. Jake Neal. Taylor Cool, an, another gal who has run really well in uh, the IMCA Sport Mods. Um, she got a ride for this deal. And then uh, the former World of Vault Mod director, Casey Schumann, who's a, he's a sprint car guy at heart anyway. So, I mean, you look at this, and there's so many realms of racing, right? Modifieds, late models, sprint cars, world of outlaws. I mean, everything, you name it, it's all there. And uh, it's kind of a, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's kind of that underdog deal. You're kind of hoping somebody from your genre of racing gets it done, or somebody that maybe is kind of a young, young person or a, a young gal or something. It's a pretty good storyline down there in Tulsa. It's a big event. It's been around for a long time for a reason. So um, several more nights of racing, the big dance on Saturday, Bert. And I got to be honest, I'm kind of excited too. Remember, remember it was the last few years, they had part of the show on Saturday on MAV and the other part of the show was on Flow. Well, now Flow owns MAV, so it's all on the same thing. <laughs> so that's super cool. So you don't have to have two different streaming platforms. That's a good thing. So Bert, Let's jump into the last lap brought to you by Zuli's race engines. And of course, I mean, if you're up in the Wissota area, you can build engines for anything, right? But if you want to win, you know, you need a good mill. You got to have some good power, some dependability, some durability. And, and you want somebody you can kind of have some good rapport with. That's Frank over at Zuli's race engines. Just look at their Facebook page. You see all the wins, all the championships they had last year. The proof's in the pudding. Right. If you can't beat them, join them. Get a hold of them now. Season's coming soon. Make sure you get that good mill underneath your hood. He'll take care of you. So let's uh, let's do this. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna wish my dad a happy birthday, Bert. 
Happy birthday. Yeah, we're filming the show. It's Wednesday, right? Tuesday. Tuesday was his birthday. 77 years young. He told me 57. I called bullshit on that one, right? But, uh, you know, he, he, what I tell you, my dad's one. I've learned a lot from him over the years. And, and probably the first thing I learned in, in all seriousness is that guy helps everybody. He's, he's always been that guy that no matter who needs it, and he don't even charge people half the time. He still helps, you know, racetracks up north. And I mean, he's 77 years old. He cuts firewood. He's building trailers. He's doing mechanic work for people. I mean, you name it, he does it. So I, I learned that, you know, if somebody needs something, you know, just be that guy and help them out. Probably learned a couple more things. Probably going to get in trouble for this, Bert. But you know what? We're going to have a little fun. I have the I have the floor. I can talk. He can't, right? Maybe I'll have to interview him one day. But you know, a couple couple old stories. So deer hunting. Bert, you ever go deer hunting? Um, no. I, I went deer. I, I deer hunted for quite a while. I haven't for a few years, but I went deer hunting. I used to go up to the shack with my dad. My first year going up there. Let's just say that they did it a little bit different, Bert. They did they they upped their odds. They upped their odds. They did it a little bit different. I'm not going to, allegedly, allegedly, uh, they, let's just say that maybe, maybe uh, mom wouldn't have been very impressed with how we got her deer. Let's just put it that way. And then I did the same thing a few years later, right? I, uh, we, we had a, um, a woodshed next to the house and a couple skunks came in, sprayed all over the deer meat that we got. So me and a good buddy of mine went out and we're like, we got to replace them deer. I'm like, my dad taught me exactly how to get more deer in a short period of time. I tell you, you can put your own thought process to how that got done. But let's just say we were very successful. I want to thank my dad for that knowledge he instilled in me on how to get deer in a quick, quick hurry. Okay. That's number one. Number two. You ever, you ever ride bike or exercise outside in the summer, Bert? Uh-huh. So you look at me and you're like, well, you don't. Well, I did. I, I probably should. Probably will. More. I decided one year I'm going to go for a bike ride, right? My, my parents lived about a mile out of town in Chisholm. There's a lake in Chisholm, Minnesota. I wrote, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ride my bike to the lake and I'm going to make a, a couple laps around the lake. It's about three miles a time. Take a ride back. It's hot out. I'm going to grab a bottle of water. I'm going to throw it on the bike. So about halfway through, I can chug a water. We'll be good to go, right? Grab the water out of the fridge. Get about halfway done, Bert. I grab that bottle of water and I pop the cap and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so, so freaking thirsty. You, you have no idea how thirsty I am, right? And I chug that bottle halfway down and I blew it all over the place. It was straight vodka. So allegedly, the water bottles were filled with vodka and let's just say that he made fishing trips that you get the picture. He, he found a way to get creative on how to get more alcohol to a fishing camp. Okay. And I found that water and I was not real happy. Okay. So, but I did learn how to, how to get creative and do a little smuggling. Okay, cool. Um, another thing is, I mean, the guy can fix it. He's like MacGyver, right? One of those guys that, you just, you just fix it. You make it work. I mean, I think he bought more vehicles that ran better when they were done than when, when he got them. So that that's kind of how he is. And uh, I remember Bert, he built, uh, he built race engines for a while. 
uh, assembled a lot of them. We had some other guys that did the machine work, did it in my mom's basement. I remember rolling the engines out of the basement down the sidewalk to the garage. How many people do you know that would build engines in their basement? Probably not many, right? That, that was my dad. You know, and just a racing family. You know, I, all the success I had in racing, all the friends, I, I owe it all to him, you know, and my mom because they were hugely supportive. So I, I just want to share a couple stories there about dad and happy birthday to him. And what do you say we get into our uh, three bold predictions, Bert? Brought to, brought to you before we get into that uh, by Buy Race Shirts com um jordan tollickson over in montevideo minnesota you know for racers by racers a lot of different ways to to go ahead and get your shirts and your apparel for the 2023 season check them out by racers.com and they do a great job and they get your stuff quick fast and in a hurry to make sure that you're set up for the 2023 season so i don't have in front of me our results from last week but we'll we'll i i jeff sent them to me so that's that's on me. I should have printed them out because I think I probably had a couple that we crossed off the list, but I think more of them were over the week's time. So I think we're okay. But uh, we're well, gonna we're one of one of them was you said that the 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 flip count at the chili bowl was going to be twenty some, and when you said that, I thought, or you said it was going to be more than twenty some. Well, when you said that, it's like, isn't the flip thing like eighty every year? Is that what it is? And well, they're up to like 18 already. <laughs> Are they really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, I better change my number then, right? How about, how about this? I'll, I'll go, I'll change that one. Uh, if Jeff, to they will, they will set a new flip count record. How's that? Is that better? Okay. That's, that's more acceptable? Well, no, I mean, the, the 20 is acceptable. It's just a low, low hanging fruit. That goes to show you how little I know about that. I need to, we probably need to get in writing somewhere. Maybe Jeff or somebody can tell us what the actual number is. That'll be fun to keep track of or whatever, but they get after it. I mean, and yeah, I was, I was watching last night's feature and the, the count was up to 18 already. And that's all that, that was on Tuesday night. So well, that's they a have a lot. They have a lot of racing yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a donkey award for kind of picking low hanging fruit there. I mean, twenty. That that's kind of a. If that's the case, that's 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 not even acceptable. So <laughs> the the rules here is we just got to pick something racing related that that we can. It's quite, it's got to be viable, right? We got to be able to actually tabulate, not an opinion. It's got to be something that is concrete. It, it it either happened or it did not happen. And uh, we'll keep points on this over the end of the end of the year. Me and Bert have our own little thing against each other. And what we'll do then is um, when we get together, I think we'll just say this now, whoever wins, the other person buys dinner at the end of the year. That's fine. All right. You get a polar dog if you win. <laughs> uh, nice, well done, flaming yawn. Okay. So, Bert, age before beauty, man. I'll let you. Um, I will go with uh, B-Chef will get in the win column um, at Beto, Bato, however you want to no, pronounce it. Potato. We're, not really, <laughs> we're not really sure. It depends which, which commentator you listen to. I'm going to do a little parlay here, and I want, a, I want a ruling from you. If we do like a, a parlay or something that is kind of like multiple things happening, what do you say we if we do that, double points? 
share. <laughs> I'm going to do a parlay here. My late model parlay for the Wild West shootout is this. At the end of the week, JD will have won four of six. The other two wins are going to be Bishop and Kyle Larson. That's my parlay. Okay. Okay. What do you um and obviously since I said B Chef is gonna get in the win column, that means no brand new truck for Superman. Um he will not win every feature down there <laughs> and win yeah. a new truck. <laughs> I, I would say that you're probably correct on that. Now I'm gonna go to the chili bowl here and I'm gonna say out of what we would consider late model drivers, right? You know, you're that group, RTJ will have the highest finishing position on Saturday of all the late model drivers. Okay. Um, I'm going with the Chili Bowl, and I'm just going to go with my pick, and uh, Rico will shine and uh, win the Chili Bowl. That'd be something. He's, he's good there. He is good there. The last one I have, I'm going to go modified related. And I didn't know if I wanted to stick to something just chili bowl or if I wanted to go season long. So I'm going to go season long on this one. And it, 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 this could be something that maybe gets X'd off the list sooner rather than later. But Dan Ebert has struggled in the USMTS realms. He's one of the best Wissota mod drivers out there when he competes in Wissota. USMTS, he's had his moments, but he's just not elevated his game right i i'm not i'm not meeting expectations and i think that they agree because the chassis or the the car owner decided to go a different direction with chassis so they're not happy with their results either but i think the change in chassis is going to do him well dan ebert will have at least five a main usmts modified wins in 2023 So Dan Ebert going to win at least five, at least five. He can do that in the first few trips or whatever. We'll see. But uh, he just, he looks a little bit quicker than he has been. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty anticipatory of that happening. So chili bowl this week, right? We got, um, it's Wednesday. So racing's probably going on right now. As uh -huh. we so they got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday prelims. They got Saturday, the alphabet soup. Absolutely love it. Right. You got, I don't know, whatever, whatever they start with, the G, H, whatever, and it goes all the way up to the 18. I think that's super cool. And then, of course, the Wild West Shootout. They're racing tonight down in uh, Vado, Vado, Potato, Potato as well. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they will race as well. And then coming up, a couple big things coming up that following week, the official start to Speed Weeks down at Volusia. So that's going to be pretty good. Sunshine Nationals. And uh, I know Don Shaw's got a show. We'll be talking about that down at Coca Pot. A lot of Wasota guys heading down to that one. So, Bert, any uh, anything else that maybe was on your mind here this week? Any closing thoughts? Anything else that you kind of saw that was noteworthy that that we should bring up? No, I think we 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 covered everything in the show and uh, just get ready and uh, getting ready for the weekend of racing and football. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a good week. Um, episode 50, 159 in the book, 160 coming up. Uh, race fans, if you know any more 59s, right? Go ahead, throw them in the comments. If you got some favorite stories, hey, if you if you have some good stories about my dad, maybe something I haven't heard about, 
put those in the comments. I'd love to hear them too, because fun stories are always fun to kind of hear, right? And and also, uh, you know, if you ever have any 60s, if you have any other information, don't be afraid to reach out to Bert, reach out to myself, reach out to the show on Facebook, you know, and uh, give us some information. We always love to share that. And um, we don't have the point count in front of me. Again, I dropped the ball on that, but I can tell you right now, our new guy, uh, Curtis, leading I the way. Bert I is can tell zero. you how many, how many points I have. <laughs> He's got the old goose egg. And uh, so it's, uh, we got, we got a few of us. We got some new people in there. We got several in there. It's going to be fun. We will have the points up on the show. If you're watching it, we'll post them right now. We'll make sure Mason want to thank Mason Aaron's videos. He does such a great job for racing. Thanks to him for uh, editing the show. Thanks to Dirt Race Central for allowing us during the summer to be able to get some video footage there and just thank all of our great sponsors again. But Bert, uh, episode 159 in the book, 160 next week. Always fun chat and racing. We'll be back next week. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.